，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received a delegation from the U.S.-based Foundation for Defense of Democracies. The leader of the delegation was Matthew Pottinger, a former U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor, who is visiting Taiwan with a group of military and security experts from the U.S. and Israel. In his address at the presidential office, he offered a formula for deterring aggression from China, adding that deterrence was preferable to war. 乌克兰为台湾提供了一个重要的启示。Ukraine offers some important lessons for Taiwan. The most important is that deterrence is far preferable to war. So how can we maintain effective deterrence? The formula could be described as capability times credibility. Pottinger explained that capability means deep stores of asymmetrical and affordable munitions, realistic training, and smart tactics. Credibility, he said, is a blend of courage, confidence, and will to fight. Adding that Israel could provide some inspiration as to how to demonstrate credibility during peacetime. Meanwhile, Tsai stated that Taiwan was a force for good in the international community, and that Taiwan would continue to strive for regional peace and prosperity. The Ways and Means Committee in the U.S. House of Representatives has passed a bill affirming its support for the first batch of trade agreements signed under the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st-Century Trade. The unanimous vote of 42 to zero was not just a show of support for Taiwan; it was also a call on the Biden administration to consult Congress on any future agreements. A similar scene is playing out in Taiwan, with lawmakers calling on the executive yuan to submit agreements to the legislative yuan before they are signed. There being 42 eyes and zero noes, the, the U.S. House Ways and Means Committee unanimously passed a bill affirming its support for the first batch of agreements under the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st-Century Trade. I'm glad we are approving the trade agreement with Taiwan. We must continue to deepen our relationship as China remains a growing threat. The bill requires that the first batch of agreements signed by the U.S. and Taiwan in early June must take effect 30 days after presidential certification. It also calls on executive agencies to ensure that any future agreements are subject to robust requirements on public transparency and congressional consultation. When it comes to trade, we are speaking with one voice: that this, that this administration, or any future administration for that matter. Must not circumvent Congress or the Constitution, and that the president does not have the authority to bind the United States in trade agreements without congressional involvement and approval. And it's not just the U.S. calling on Congress to take part in the trade negotiations. In Taiwan, opposition parties have called on the executive yuan to present the agreements to the legislature in accordance with the Conclusion of Treaties Act. The executive yuan says the act does not apply in this case, as the initiative is an executive agreement and not a treaty. 
As such, it just needs to be submitted for reference. The ECFA incident showed that we should respect the legislature's right to review treaties before they pass. We also think the trade agreements under the Taiwan-US 21st Century Trade Initiative should not just be submitted to the legislative yuan for reference. On the principle of division of powers, we also call on the Taiwan government to send these kinds of agreements to the legislature for approval. Ruling and opposition lawmakers say the trade agreement should not circumvent the legislature so that executive and legislative branches can keep each other in check. University application numbers are hitting new lows in Taiwan. Eleven universities around the country have failed to attract enough personal applications to fill in 50% of their available spaces. And only 51% of all applicants have been allocated to schools which is a nine-year low. Some of the vacancies may be filled in later this year through a different path to university education. We will see whether the rise and fall in numbers will have an effect on how university departments try to attract students in the future. That's up to each department to decide. I think this year's circumstances may prompt universities and departments to reevaluate how to get students. Many students perhaps have a stronger autonomy in what schools they pick. They may have an ideal program in mind and they try to get into it. That's reflected in the number of vacant spots left. There are also students who switch to a different path to further education. They may choose to sit the examination and get placed in a university instead. And even Taiwan's top schools have not been able to fill in all their spots. National Taiwan University has 178 unfilled places. National Chang'ong University has 284, National Tsinghua University has 180, and National Yangming Jiaotong University has 140. The university with the highest number of unfilled places was Chinese Culture University with 908 vacancies. The reach of Instagram has spread even into bureaucrats' offices. Discussion is raging about the aesthetics of household registration offices as couples travel long distances to register their marriage at their most photogenic spot. After a redecoration, the office in Taipei's Shiling District has become a coveted marriage destination. The offices in Kaohsiung City are also popular for their up-to-date and local-flavored themed backdrops. Signing the register officially marks the first moment of marriage. Many couples carefully select an auspicious date and time. Now, the location is hot topic too. If you don't need to move your registered address, you might have a choice of several different registration offices. Of course, convenience is the main thing for registering a marriage. But it's quite special here with the decor and all. It's better for taking photos for posterity. Couples consider how far the office is from home as well as its reputation for administrative slickness, and now, how good it looks on camera. The number of couples wanting to tie the knot here at Taipei's Shilin District Household Registration Office has skyrocketed since they installed this backdrop. Many couples come to get married at Shilin District Household Registration Office especially for the backdrop. 
Since we installed the backdrop in 2020, it's been very popular with many couples. Kaohsiung City has partnered with Creative Expo Taiwan to produce these brand new wedding backdrops infused with local colour. They're a sleeper hit on social media, but many of Taipei's registration offices are less inspired. No wonder Shilin is so in demand. I suggested last year already that Taipei City Council could look into making its marriage registration backdrops a bit more fun and diverse. But none of them have changed yet. This is a public service provided by household registration officers. They actually carry out regional updates every year, looking at places where they might have depreciated or coming up with new ideas. In years to come, you might want to pull out a photo of signing the register to reminisce. The decor at registration offices is in the limelight as more and more couples take every detail of the big day into account. A store in Kaohsiung has brought together a group of business owners in a shared venue. The space began as a hairdressing salon, when the hairstylist noticed that customers could use more services in the same place, she asked her husband to open a cafe downstairs. Soon, friends joined in and a clothes store moved in. The little destination shows how friends can band together to form a hybrid business space. Walk inside this store and you're greeted by a row of women's clothes and accessories on the right and a cafe bar and tables on the left. Upstairs is a hair salon. This hybrid space is jointly run by a couple and some of their friends. It used to be that we mainly had female customers at our salon and they would normally bring their partners along and I would notice that the partners kind of had no leisure activities to do. But my husband was interested in starting a cafe, so we thought, why not put them together? Lots of women love buying clothes, getting their hair done and having a coffee. This space offers all three in one and customers say it makes life easy. I mainly came for the clothes, but it's because I've drunk their coffee and milk tea before, so I quite like it. But the star of the coffee shop menu might surprise you. It's this bowl of beef noodles. The soup is very clear and clean, and the beef isn't stewed too long, so it has a great texture. I have to get the beef noodles when I come here, because in other places there's always oil floating on top, but I think it's different here. The broth is clear and sweet. We don't fry the meat in chili bean sauce. We stew the bones for four days, and then we fry it in our secret sauce. Actually, what we're going for with this is neither red-braised nor clear-stewed beef noodles. It's a bowl of fresh, clear and sweet beef noodles with a deep and aromatic hit of beef. Customers say the cafe is secretly a beef noodle shop that's been hijacked by coffee. Some are looking forward to the day when the beef noodles will be the star of a whole restaurant. For now, the owner has a style revamp planned as the store continues its constant evolution. Taiwan Central Bank has followed the lead of the U.S. Federal Reserve to leave key interest rates unchanged this coming quarter. The announcement comes after a total of five rate hikes since March last year, for a combined increase of 75 basis points. The central bank also revised down Taiwan's expected economic growth rate for 2024 to 1.72%. It said that although there is no chance that growth will hit 2%, it remains optimistic about steady growth in domestic demand. 
With the global economy stabilizing, exports may also gradually pick up momentum. Reports say chip giant TSMC is in talks to become an anchor investor in the initial public offering of leading chip designer Arm Holdings, which plans to sell 10 billion U.S. in shares. Analysts say that TSMC stands to benefit greatly from investing in the company, as it could gain an advantage in securing orders for AI chips and emerging technologies. International semiconductor intellectual property leader Arm has been dominating the laptop market with its CPU technology. Now Arm is planning to sell its shares to raise 10 billion US dollars in its first initial public offering. Reports say its partner of more than 20 years, TSMC, could become its anchor investor. If it gets a stake in ARM, which is the world's largest silicon chip intellectual property company, then TSMC will see bigger business opportunities and dividends on the front of orders related to artificial intelligence and next-gen emerging technology applications. The expert says that ARM's software architecture is used in products ranging from smartphones and other internet-connected objects to servers and vehicles. Holding a stake in ARM could be a big advantage for TSMC in securing orders. Both NVIDIA and ARM have been making developments in artificial intelligence for a long time. So if TSMC wants to take the lead in securing artificial intelligence opportunities in the future, working together with ARM would be an incredibly strategic setup. Other potential investors could include Intel, Google parent company Alphabet, Apple, Microsoft and Samsung. Amid news that TSMC could become ARM's largest shareholder, TSMC shares soared in the stock market to close at 591 NT. The hike propped up the market's rise on Thursday, closing up 0.56 percent at 17,334 points, a new high for the year. Momo Zhang is a film director passionate about her work. Her films over the past 18 years have received numerous accolades at festivals all around the world. One of her latest works won Best Short Film at the Global Tourism Film Festival. Tseng says that although film brings much joy to her life, the industry is also tough and mentally taxing. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Tseng to hear more about her career. The film features sweeping landscapes of Green Island. This short film, When the South Wind Blows, won Best Short Film at the Global Tourism Film Festival in 2023. At first glance, this film seems to be a movie about travel. But actually, what I'm trying to convey is that even if we visit the same place, in this case Green Island, our encounters with different people will give us different experiences. We will both have different feelings and emotions. Momo Tang is an award-winning director of short films, feature films, and docudramas. Her movie, The 31st Kasim, earned her two nominations at the Golden Bell Awards, one for Best Director and another for Best TV Movie. It's not about the product itself, 
is about the relationship. In Ilan, A Taste of Home, Ten follows the story of acclaimed chefs from the Basque country in Spain during a visit to Ilan. The documentary won first place at the Toyo University Tourism Short Film Festival. Another of her short films, titled The Old Street, was awarded Best Experimental Documentary Short at the New Generation Film Festival. Zen says her next work will be shot in Japan. Many of my past works received a lot of recognition at international film festivals, but I hope my films can be shown in even more places around the world. That way, I can go to those places and have a conversation with the audiences there. We can discuss how they feel after watching the films. That's what I used to do growing up and watching movies. It's an experience that moves me. I hope that my films can stay with them and be of help. I hope to meet more people in the future, visit new places, and document the stories. Tang has a master's degree from the Department of Motion Picture at National Taiwan University of Art. She became interested in film at the age of six. When I was young, my mother had to work, so she'd buy a lot of movies for me to watch at home. The movies kept me company. Sometimes my mother would also give me an allowance, but instead of buying things, I would go to the cinema. I was six or seven years old then. The movies were my friends and my teachers. They taught me a lot. Films are like a partner I've had all my life, a family. And says she's experienced many hardships working in the film industry. She credits her success to staying positive in the face of setbacks and never giving up on her goals. She has some advice for people who aspire to work in the film industry. I think you need to be mentally prepared. You need to know that your life will be surrounded by frustration, disappointment, and despair. These are the three things that come with the territory. People will not encourage you, and some will even tell you to give up. You'll have to face negative words all the time, but you have to see it as something normal. You have to be mentally prepared for that if you decide to pursue film. You'll hear these things all the time. Tang says her goals as a filmmaker is to travel around the world to tell the stories of different places and cultures to inspire more people through her work. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. One police officer in Kaohsiung might have the largest collection of model police cars in the country. Officer Guo Jingnan has collected hundreds of replica police vehicles over the last few years. His fleet includes cars from as far afield as Germany and Hong Kong and from back in the 20th century. The collector has even started making his own models and seeking out cars from places where he served in the past. He gave us an exclusive peek into his prized collection. Officer Guo Jinnan gets in the police car to head out on patrol, but when he clocks off, he also comes home to patrol cars. Arranged here are hundreds of police cars of all kinds from all around the world. Most are Taiwanese, from the earliest highway patrol cars to the most modern vehicles. Each one has a special meaning for Guo. Back then, when I was serving at Jiuqu Station, someone donated a new vehicle. And I thought, oh, I've got this model car right here. So I remodeled it to look exactly like the patrol car. But it's not just cars. 
Police motorcycles are a big draw, too. This model is an exact mini replica of a real bike, from the license plate to the headlights and warning lights. And Guo even dips into international models. Here in his box of parts, Guo keeps bits that he has painted and remodeled himself. He's been collecting model cars for nine years. Though work is always busy, his passion is energizing. After I had been collecting model cars for a while, I realized that in my work I also have a patrol car, and I realized that I've collected some of it, and my own patrol car feels like it has also quite some commemorative value. At first, I got people to do it for me. Later, I thought I would learn to do it myself, how to assemble the models and repaint them and so on. Guo's collecting itch just keeps growing. He's hoping to collect a patrol car from every single unit that he's ever served in. That collection will be a real drive down memory lane. A cafe in Caotun Township, Nanto, has a very special selling point. Each customer who comes through the door gets a unique cup of coffee made for them based on their mood in the moment. Coffee expert and cafe owner Ye Youshen delights in responding to each customer with a beverage made just for them. He says the different notes in a coffee flavor profile, sweet, sour and bitter, can be mixed together in many different ways. His creation can bring a smile to the face of any customer, no matter how they're feeling. A customer walks in the coffee shop, at first not sure what they want to buy. No problem. Owner Ye Yosheng is happy to chat a while and mix up a cup of coffee especially designed to suit their mood and inclinations today. This tastes like golden mandolin. Right now, my mood feels very relaxed and warm. But the cafe doesn't just serve up beverages mixed for your moods. Ye draws geometric shapes in the latte foam, making the coffee drinking experience an all-round visual and culinary delight. The art in the foam is very meticulous and carefully drawn. It feels very sweet when you drink it. I didn't know what I wanted when I looked at the menu, so the owner suggested he could make something for me based on how I am doing right now. This mood cafe was born from a conversation the owner had with a friend. He stumbled upon the idea of making a customized cup of coffee for his friend, and before he knew it, more and more people were asking for it. Sometimes friends or customers come to me for a chat, and as we chat, they report their mood to me. And then based on that, I prepare a drink that will suit their mood today. Ye says that every cup of coffee has three distinct flavors inside, sour, sweet and bitter, a bit like a human heart. His greatest satisfaction is mixing those threads together in a perfect balance to spark happiness for each customer who comes through the door.